the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brought to you by Gorilla Technology. Proactive and strategic IT. Greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. This is episode 398, recording from Philadelphia today with my guest, Rob Walsh from Libsyn. Welcome along, Rob. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, it's uh, it's a great pleasure to, to have you on. Um, over the years, we've had a, a number of sort of uh, podcasting industry uh, experts, or I'm not not quite sure what to call you. What is your role at uh, at Libsyn? My official role is VP of Podcaster Relations, which just means I get to talk to other podcasters. So this is my job. So right now, this interview, I'm doing my job. Excellent. And um, for those in our audience who don't know who Libsyn is, which is probably the very, very large majority, what, what is Libsyn? Libsyn is the largest of the podcast hosting companies. We are the first podcast hosting company. And, and people might say, why do you even need a podcast hosting company? Doesn't iTunes host podcasts? And the answer is no. Apple Podcasts, iTunes, none, there's no podcast actually hosted there. So if you want to get into Apple Podcasts or iTunes, you actually have to host with a third party. And we are the largest of those third parties. So this year, for example, we host about 23% of all the episodes that are in Apple Podcasts, iTunes. No one else is even 10%. Nice, nice. Okay, well let's uh, let's jump in. There's there's really lots of things I think to talk about in relation to uh, to podcasting, but let's get into some tech stuff to to start with. Um, what's your you know background? How did you get into this world, and what were the sort of you know the technologies that were involved when you were first involved in podcasting compared with now? Has there been much change? A lot of change. I started back in two thousand four. So when I started, Apple wasn't even into podcasting. And you, if you wanted to podcast, there was an article in Engadget, and I remember reading it, and it said, uh, if you want to podcast, just put this enclosure tag in your RSS feed, and you're podcasting. And I was like, what's an enclosure tag? What's an RSS feed? And, and I come from an electrical engineering background, so I was like, oh, I'll figure this out. And two months later, <laughs> I figured it out, and I wrote a, 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 I put up a website called Podcast for One to tell other people how to podcast, because it wasn't all that easy. And there was no, at that time, no real tutorials on how to podcast. If you wanted to listen to a podcast, you had to download a, pro- a program called iPod or X. And, and then you really, there was two people that were really, really into podcasting back then, podcasters and the listeners. And it, this was a very small tech-oriented group because it was really difficult to listen to podcasts back before Apple released it in, in, in iTunes and was it, uh, version 4.9 in uh, June, late June of 2005. But up until that point, if you wanted to listen to podcasts, you were a geek, that plain and simple. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that that's you know that's that's very true. Now, Apple's role in podcasting. I mean, the fact that they made that uh, that early move into into podcasting, the iPod, and uh, you know, then then onto the iPhone, um, that sort of panned out reasonably well for them, hasn't it? I mean, you, well, you, you see, such a large percentage of of podcast listeners are uh, are based on iOS still to this day. The iOS, we again, we have probably the best view of anybody being at Libsyn. And what we see right now is about a five to one ratio globally, iOS to Android downloads for mobile. So yeah, it's worked out real well for Apple. And in Apple Podcasts, sixty three percent of the downloads go directly to Apple Podcasts and iTunes. And then on top of that, you have applications like Overcast and Pocket Cast and Shifty Jelly, uh, Shifty Jelly Podcast and Podcast Addict and Castbox, and they scrape the Apple Podcast directory. So by getting in your podcast into Apple Podcast, it actually is about seventy nine percent of all the downloads are directly contributed to you submitting to Apple Podcasts. So it controls eighty percent of the marketplace. 
Yeah, it's kind of convenient that Apple have uh, have that API. They've opened it up so people can go and go and have a look at what's mm-hmm. in their in their directory. Yeah, I had an email today from someone saying, "Hey, can we get a list of all the podcasts that are in Libsyn?" I'm like, "Why do you need that? Just use Apple's API to give you a bigger bigger list. Why would you just want our smaller list? You know, get the whole 550,000 shows." Yeah, yeah. Now, um, looking at the sort of tech and so on you used when you when you first got involved, what were the what were the sort of gadgetry in, in those okay, days? So when I first started, I started on an, a titanium power book using GarageBand, like version two, I think it was, maybe one, and um, I, I used this IBM Via Voice headset because that's what I had. It was brutal. Um, but I remember encoding from GarageBand to MP3, an hour-long podcast took an hour and 15 minutes. Wow. Just to encode it to MP3. And it was like, oh, this is brutal. So I then went and got a a, a nice big um, Mac, Power Mac uh, uh, desktop unit, top of the line, and then I got it down to like 15 minutes. And then over the years, now it's coming down. Now you an hour encodes in like a, like four, three minutes nowadays. But back in the day, it took longer to encode than it actually the time of the actual episode. That's incredible how technology uh, moves along so mm-hmm. quickly. And you know, now when we look at things, there's quite a big change going on in the landscape. We've got uh, Google that are now starting to sort of play seriously mm-hmm. in the podcast world. Uh, we've got our sort of smart assistants or smart speakers, the likes of uh, uh, the Amazon Alexa and, and Google Home. What are the what are the things that sort of stand out to you as um, you know leading the the change going going forward? I mean, Google have said that they are expecting to double the listenership of podcasts over the next two years. What do you you think of that now that they're moving in with their own you know, native capability? Well, it's not native. Everyone keeps saying it's native. It's not native. You open up an Android device and you look on an Android device that you buy from the shelf, find the podcast, Google Podcast app on that device. You can't. It's not there. You have to install it. Well, it's native within it's the not, search, within it, a Google search. But it's not native. Native A definition of a native app is you open it up, you look I through the home. I didn't call it an app. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> We're but, splitting here. But, yeah, but, but a native, a true native app, one that really matters, is one that when you open up the device, you look on the device and you can find that app. And, people say, and the average person goes, what is this thing? Why is this on my device? That's not the case yet with Android. All right, right now, Android Google Podcasts represents less than half a percent of downloads. Yeah, it's it's very small, and their their capa- their um, yeah capabilities mm-hmm. of how their app operates is, is sort of not on par with a, a traditional podcasting app yet. So it doesn't do sort of you know downloads while you while you sleep uh, sort of thing, and that you've got all your new podcasts downloaded for you fresh fresh it, each morning. It, they only stream, don't they, at this stage? Right, it's not a true native app. It's not the equivalent of what happened with Apple's podcast app in iOS eight. In iOS eight, it became native, and we saw a definite uptick at that point in time until android has a true native app one where people go hey why is this app on my phone and what is this thing here doing it's not going to take off it won't double they will definitely not double spotify right now actually is the best number two spotify is a solid number two at seven percent of our downloads so spotify has actually been very significant in in growth of podcasting because on, on the spotify side the uh, the 
Android to iOS ratio is, it's actually iOS to Android is 0.74 to 1. So what we have on the other side is 5.2 to 1. With Spotify, it's 0.74 to 1. So there's actually more Android consumption on the Spotify than in iOS. And that means all that Android consumption, that's new. That's new listeners. Because they didn't have, they're not pulling from Apple's podcasts because there was no Apple podcasts on Android. So that, to me, Spotify having a solid number two, this is the first time in podcasting we've had a number two since Zune. And some people are going, what's Zune? Or the other ones are laughing, going, oh boy, that's bad. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's interesting. But, I mean, I think there's a, certainly an expectation that Apple, are go- that, sorry, that Google are going to step up, right? I mean, this is sort I, of oh, just, yeah, yes. just, just, it, it, just the beginning of, of what they're doing. Right. And let me say this. What Google's doing now is better than what Google Play Music is. Oh, yeah. So, so it, it's leaps and bounds better than Google Play Music. There's two things, I, I think, for Google to really, really take it and, and do what they said double. They need to make it truly native, a full-on app with full capabilities that are equivalent to what you see in Apple Podcasts or Pocket Cast. They should have just bought Pocket Cast, to be quite honest, um, and just made that the app. But, and, and then the other thing they need to do is have a place for people to actually submit their feed, not scraping, because right now there was a report that they had 2 million feeds. Well, that's because they had a lot of shows double and triple. I mean, I've got my show when I check in there. I've got three different feeds for my show. They have my show, my Spotify feed, my Google Play Music feed, and my iTunes feed. So they've got all those in there. So, yeah, the, the number they have isn't exactly right. Um, so I just, guess that's that's a reflection of of what you know what they are right as a, right. As a search engine that's that's what they do they go and you know search the web and see what see what they can find right but this really we, needs to be and the problem with that is when they do that they're going to find things people don't want them to find like quote unquote private RSS feeds which you know oh this is for my members I didn't want this to get out there well private RSS feeds have never been private and now you got Google indexing them and now they're you know, obscurity, you know, security by obscurity is never security. And those private RSS feeds are becoming indexed into the Google podcasts and people aren't happy about that. So it'll behoove Google at some point to have a submission process and a claim your feed process and register your show. So I, I think when they do those two things, a native app and a submission process, just like Apple has, then there's a potential for them to double it. Hmm. So, um, I want you to, you mentioned before we started chatting something about rugby. This is un, unusual to come across anybody in North America who knows anything about rugby, let alone has played rugby. Tell oh. me a little bit more about this. Okay, so don't judge me. I was a wing, but I was really fast as a wing and big. So I was I was two hundred and ten pounds in the U.S. So uh, almost a hundred kilos, um, and, and I was a wing and I was fast and and, uh, and I played for many years, ten years and. When I met my wife, I was playing, and we had an agreement. She said, you can play rugby. She said, you can play until you get hurt. And so I was like, okay. And I got a concussion one day. She's like, well, you're done. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's a concussion. I said, hurt. I'm like broken bones or something. <laughs> and no, she's like, you made an agreement with me. And so that was, that was the end of my rugby career is after the concussion. I was like, just because I couldn't remember who I was for half an hour, <laughs> she had no idea who I was. Oh, that's not good. No. <laughs> uh, so in hindsight, now all the stuff that's coming out about concussions, the wife was right. 
know, the wife is always right. But I, ha- I really loved rugby, and it's on my bucket list is to make it to New Zealand and see an All Blacks match. Great, great. Well, we look forward to uh, hosting you down in New Zealand sometime. Mm-hmm. Now, on to uh, on to on to other topics. Um, smart speakers have you know, become a pretty interesting thing over the last little while. And look, it does vary where you are in the world in terms of how well they work, mm-hmm. and there's you know, language issues and app issues and so on. Um, but there's there's a you know, fair few number of people within uh, the New Zealand Tech Podcast audience who are certainly you know, using these uh, smart speakers in varying ways. Um, how do you see that sort of changing the way we consume content going forward? I, I am a big believer in the smart speakers. I have an Alexa skill for my podcast. Uh, we make Alexa skills available through Libsyn. You can get an Alexa skill for your show. But it's in its nascence it's early in its infancy in 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 smart speakers and right now we see smart speaker consumption at 0.2 percent overall so i mean it's early don and homepod apple's homepod we just started tracking it's 0.006 percent of our consumption is apple's homepod which by the way apple's homepod is much easier and a better experience for listening than it is through the alexa device uh natively um it, as you would expect from Apple, right? Right, because right. you know. it, it just it finds your podcast, it knows your subscriptions if you've got it set up correctly, and it, it can go to the episodes, and you can skip around. Um, the Alexa, unfortunately, a lot of times you default to like the TuneIn app or the all. There's another one that's in there, and and there's just a horrible experience because once you stop listening, it doesn't repick up, which is not a good. Doesn't answer, know where you right? left off. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess what what I've I've found uh, you know Alexa good for is those little daily shows that are quite uh, quite short, mm-hmm. and so you know you get your news briefing for the day, and you get you know you can have news about whatever topics you're interested in. Presuming there is some sort of small bite sized daily show of which there aren't a huge amount just yet, but that seems like a, a real opportunity at the moment to get into that at the moment. But where Alexa's going? And where it is today are two different things. So Alexa is going to your car. So eventually Alexa is going to your car. And Alexa is already on some mobile devices. So where I see Alexa going in the future is you start listening to the longer form podcast in your kitchen when you're eating breakfast. And then it transfers over and remembers right where you left off in your car and picks right up. How does that work for a household though? You got different people listening. That's where I find the bite-sized ones are quite good because as long as you can, you you know, Please, in that, that at least one other in the household. Right, and that'll be where you, you as the primary person who's driving and control, there, there'll be some things that, that have to be worked out. But there are a lot of Alexa devices. They're easy. I've got five um, Alexa dots sitting in my cupboard in my house that we give out to the kids' teachers for presents. I bought them on Amazon Prime Day. You know, I go and buy $29 for a dot. Um, one thing to make sure people understand is that we mentioned the HomePod. And Alexa, they're completely different devices. I mean, a HomePod is a $279 device mm-hmm. or $249, whatever the price is. It's, it's U- very U.S. dollars. So yeah, U.S. dollars. Sorry. Go, yeah, sorry. It heads up a lot, in, yeah. a lot higher in New Zealand dollars. Yeah. But the Alexa dots, they're, they're, they're gifts that you give a kid's for a kid's birthday party or a teacher for a teacher appreciation day. And that makes them become more ubiquitous. So they're going to be all over the place. And, and again, we're getting there, but the user experience on the podcast side for long-form audio content, it's not there yet. Mm. 
Now, I heard a, a stat around uh, smart speakers. It sounds like there's there's a pretty big number of them out there here in the US. Yes. At 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 least, um, do you know what those sort of num- numbers are at all? The last time I heard it um, was fifteen percent of U.S. Mm. household. I believe mm. it was at. Mm. So and and it and it may be uh, probably is higher than that now that they just sold them for twenty nine dollars on Amazon Prime Day. So uh, we'll see where the numbers come out a- after this Christmas. But I would imagine it's going to be push- pushing close to twenty five thirty percent before the end of this year. And what's your your view? We've had some discussion on the um, on the show, you know, with some some of our um, guests around. Amazon versus uh, Google in this front. You got any uh, any take on uh, whether we whether we're going to see any sort of winner? I mean, I would think there's room for a number of players in I, this space, and there doesn't have to be a, a specific winner. I, I think there's room for a number of players, but I think Amazon will be the, the the will be the dominant player as far as number of devices, just because they've got the marketplace to easier easily sell it um, and. The other thing is they're readily um, licensing the software. So Sonus has the software in it now. So you have the Sonus One uh, updated to the Alexa software. So it's not just the Echo Dot and the Echo Full Size and the Echo Show, but you've got other devices that are running the Alexa software. And again, they're moving it out to refrigerators. They're moving it out to cars. They're moving it out already to smartphones. So I think Amazon's whole model on it is you're actually going to look at three OSs in the future, iOS, Android, and Alexa. And I think you have to look at Alexa more than just a smart speaker. Okay. Yeah, that's a good good point. I guess, uh, you know, it can sit on top of just about anything, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. So what about uh, in-car technology? Because we've got, uh, you know, Google and Apple playing, uh, you know, playing pretty well in that space. Uh, re- rented a car in San Francisco yesterday. And, you know, it was just so easy, you know, plugged in my phone, wow, we navigation and, uh, you know, it was a very simple and slick experience. Uh, you know, it just felt like being being a home of my own own vehicle in those, uh, those regards. Well, what you just said there and the key in all those sentences was you plugged in your phone. It was just that your car was a glorified Bluetooth speaker. It's really what the connected car is. It's a glorified Bluetooth speaker for your smartphone. Yeah, and it's certainly nice having the uh, you know the interface mm-hmm. mirroring and mm-hmm. those those sorts of things. But uh, you know, do you do you have any thoughts on um, how that will sort of play out in terms of you know con- content? I mean, my 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 feelings, and I you know did a short talk on it at uh, at, at this conference last year, is that uh, we'll see the sort of artificial intelligence elements sort of get involved, maybe a, a bit more with our our content consumption be it sort of you know the the um uh, the alexa or um you know siri and so on a- able to maybe give us a little bit more personalized information when we're on a commute bit of a reminder of maybe appointments we've got for the day and then you know our favorite bits of content maybe mm-hmm. to pick out some extra bits and pieces that we might like and so on for short form content i think ai is good for long form content it doesn't work Long-form content still the number one way people, you know, people try to say, oh, there's a discoverability pod issue in podcasting. What they're really saying is my podcast hasn't been discovered. Right? But there's not a discoverability issue in podcasting. There never has been. The most popular apps aren't apps that make it easy to, to consume content or make it easy to find content. It's easy to consume what they already know they want to consume. 
So it's not about, hey, recommending this or recommending that. Um, Apple Podcast app is the number one app by far. But number two, when you get outside of that, third-party apps is Overcast. And Overcast isn't about recommending anything. It's about making it easy to consume the content you already want to know you want to consume. Same with PocketCast and Podcast Addict. They're not about recommendation engines. Matter of fact, the apps that were recommendations AI, there was one called Swell that Apple bought. At its peak, at its peak, it had 21,000 downloads in a month at its peak across our network. At that time, we were doing hundreds of millions of downloads. Um, that was less than my own podcast was getting in a month. Um, and that was an app that, quote-unquote, was successful because Apple bought it. Apple bought it for the recommendations for apps and, and the algorithms and the, and the engineers. They didn't buy it for the actual app itself. So, so far, every app that's come out that's been, quote-unquote, a recommendation or a recommending AI has failed because the way people find podcasts is through their friends. Mm, yeah, that still seems to be very much long the form. Case. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. but AI does work, as you mentioned, for short. And the Siri does a good job. Hey, you need to leave right now to go to work, or hey, you you want to check this, you want to do that. And those you're going to see Siri actually upgra- upgrades quite a bit in iOS 12 with mm. the shortcuts. Mm. So Siri, you can actually do shortcuts um, for websites that you like now, and you can tell Siri to open up to your website, your favorite site, so you can go check the sports scores and things like that. Yeah, yeah, iOS 12 is looking, uh, looking pretty good, actually. Yeah. Uh, now, in terms of other sort of tr- trends and things uh, that, that's happening, I've, I've noticed uh, just even in the last few weeks, actually, there just seems to be a lot more activity. And maybe that's just a New Zealand thing, but a lot more activity around podcasts. Uh, I had one of the biggest companies in New Zealand uh, contact me about doing something on a, on a commercial front. Uh, with our podcast network and and using our studio, um, I came across a, a nine year old that had started uh, hosting a business discussion podcast. Um, all sorts, just you know, lots and lots of a- activity. Are you seeing uh, yeah, similar sorts of things in, internationally? There's a bit more of an uptick. I I get a lot more inquiries these days internationally than I used to. Mm. Um, our number of downloads is dropping on the U.S. percentage-wise, which means international is rising. It's mm-hmm. not because the U.S. number is actually, the raw number isn't dropping, but the percentage is dropping, which is a good thing. I think right now, overall, we're at 62%, 61% U.S. Um, I, I have it in my presentation. Um, it used to be 70, right? So the number is coming down. So that's nice to see that. Um, when I looked at Spotify numbers, the Spotify, uh, the U.S. was 48% on Spotify. Yeah, that's interesting. So, um, which again, it had a higher Android uh, Android component mm. to it, mm. percentage wise. So, yeah, we're we're seeing definitely seeing an uptick in the international uh, arena. Uh, actually, seeing quite a bit more out of India. So, start, starting to see a lot more uptake in India. Now, India is a market where um, any content that gets uh, marked as explicit in iTunes is is blocked. One episode from uh, yeah, one ep- people don't realize this. You have one f bomb dropped, and you label this one episode. You have three, you know, Apple index up to three hundred and one episodes on your feed, and if one of the three hundred and one is labeled explicit, your show's gone. Your whole show's gone from India and like seventeen or eighteen other countries. So in the Middle East, there's a bunch of other countries. So basically, you're losing. Like a one and a half billion people potential audience over that, just for one f bomb. So I would say if you have one out of three hundred, uh, edit it, put a little beep in there, make it fun, but don't label your episode explicit. 
yeah, that's good, 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 uh, good, good advice. Now, another area that might interest some of, some of our listeners uh, who you know are involved with encouraging good use of technology within their organisations is um, the idea of using podcasts for internal communications, uh, particularly within organisations of scale. Uh, but I see opportunities to do it, you know, even in you know, small. Uh, organisations with their own sort of you know custom content selections to uh, share out with their with their stuff. What have you seen happening on that front? We actually have a service at Lipson called Private Podcasting. We've had it for four years now, and um, it allows organisations to select which users they want to have access and lock down that content. Truly lock it down. It's not a private RSS feed. We actually build an app, an iOS and an Android app, so it's not an RSS feed. That's security by obscurity. It's true security register users we can actually track which episodes each user consumed and make audio video pdf and blog posts available so we are seeing that a big uptick in the, in the what we call private podcasting solution and it's organizations in the pharma and the in the um uh, financial services were really where it started because they had these sec rules and other rules uh, government rules where they had to keep certain of their content out of the public eye but they wanted to distribute it to their distributed workforce, especially when they have, like, a, on the pharma side, um, they have reps all over the country, right? So they, you, might be fo- you might be headquartered in New Jersey, but you've got reps in every city in the U.S. Um, and th- for those folks, they needed to get content easily out there, updated, and, and that they can actually see who is consuming it. So we have that solution, and we've seen that uptick quite a bit. And, and it is companies of all sizes we just have uh, intel is one of our new clients that's doing that so we have large companies but then we have a lot of little companies that are 100 200 people and and it's just with the nature especially in the u.s i'm not sure how it is in new zealand but in nature in the u.s is it's a more distributed workforce now the u.s is huge um but if you have an international company it's obviously distributed and a lot of people work from home um they can't they don't want a vpn in and, and it makes it easy just to have a secure way to get content yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that's a that's a good approach. Also, I think in in many cases it's appropriate to actually make that content available more broadly. Anyway, right? You know, it's not always information that you want to you want to hide. It can, you know, it can be good. Uh, you know, good for for other people if they're interested to uh, to listen in. It gives a bit of an example of of you know what you're teaching and sharing with 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 your people. Uh, you know, you can't hundred percent lock it down because obviously you know people can. Could technically, you know, copy any audio that you, well, uh, you, that you produce analog. in if, some form, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, if anything, if you can hear it, you can copy it, right? They can take the they can take the eighth inch jack and plug it in and and copy it if, if they're so inclined to do that. But this makes it easier for you to distribute content, audio and video to a select group and lock it down. Now you can make some content publicly available and some content just only to those that log in. Um, it's kind of like a, in the U S it's a Hulu, Hulu plus model, some available freely, some available to the, just to the secure users. Right. Um, but there are, there are competitive reasons you don't want to get out the content. And, and more importantly, um, when someone leaves the company, you want to be able to turn access to that content off. Cause a lot of times when someone leaves your company, well, they're going to stay in the industry and they're going to go to your competitor. So you kind of want to turn that content off uh, and this allows you to do that. Yeah, yeah. I guess it it depends on the nature of it and just how confidential it is. But really what it comes down to is, is there a way to make it easy for people to consume the content you want them to consume? And that's always what's been 
why podcasting is is flourished it's easy to get recurring content out into your audience's hands you know it's not about one-time content it's about recurring content and where you're going to release a new episode and a new episode and that's the beauty of rss or podcasting in that nature and in this case when we make it secure we take it away from the rss feed and we do it as server-side calls with the apps but it's not truly podcasting in that nature. Uh, so it was a misnomer to say private podcasting. It's private server-side API call data to your app, but that doesn't sound as good on the, spread, on the, on the flyer. Yeah, probably not, actually. Yeah. No, no. So your definition of podcasting is very much that it's fed by an RSS feed, is that? Is my, that yeah, my definition of podcasting pisses people like Todd Cochran off. Um, my... <laughs> My definition of a podcast is this. You have an RSS 2.0 compliant feed and your podcast is listed in the Apple podcast directory. Because if you're not in the Apple podcast directory, you're not trying and you're, then you're not into Overcast and you're not into Shifty Jelly Pocket Cast and Podcast Addict and the other places. So by getting into Apple because of their APIs, that, that's to me is when you're a podcast. You're not a podcast when you have just a link up on your website. That's a netcast. Um, but if you want to be a podcast, you have an RSS 2.0 compliant feed. It's submitted and accepted into Apple Podcasts. All right. And if anyone's listening and they're curious around uh, whether they should get involved in this space, um, I have sh- shared, shared this in the past and we've uh, uh, had, had uh, responses and new podcasts. But if anyone's listening and uh, think, oh, it's time to get involved in podcasting, then definitely get in touch uh, with me through Podcast New Zealand or worldpodcast.com. And uh, we can help you out, and uh, I'm sure uh, Rob will be uh, will be happy for Libsyn to uh, to do the hosting in the background as well. Yeah, if you have any, if you want to host on Libsyn, just email me Rob at Libsyn dot com, and I can help you get set up and answer Excellent. any questions you have. That's great. Um, Anything else that uh, that you want to share in terms of where, where things are, are at podcasting wise? I know you're going to be talking here at, at the conference, the podcast movement, sharing lots of stats. What are the kind of the big headline and exciting uh, figures? You know, the one question I hear a lot of times, the first one that's a, the first good question I hear, the first worst question here is how do I monetize? If that's your first question, get out of it. Run away, run away, run away. Um, but the best, for, one of the, the the most legitimate first questions is how long should my episodes be? And I always say, oh, what's, what's the ideal length, ideal length? And the, the answer is there is no ideal length. But when you actually look at the top content that's out there, it's, it's longer. Um, when we look on Libsyn, content that's 100,000 downloads or more after 30 days of release, uh, what we found 84% were 51 minutes or longer. Now, that's, that's, okay, that's this Libsyn. Now, so I went and I looked, well, about iTunes top 200 list. So I went and looked in there and it was like 63% or 44 minutes or longer. And if you took the NPR stuff out of it, then it jumped up to like 70% or 44 minutes or longer. So the majority of, of the popular content actually is longer form. Um, and what, what I actually, so when I took the uh, NPR stuff out, what I found was there was 12% were two hours or longer, 4% were 22 minutes or shorter. So you had three times more content that was two hours longer than you had that was 22 minutes or shorter. People like longer form content um, for many reasons. One, uh, a lot of people listen to it when they're commuting or they're working, and they don't want to have to switch and find the next thing, find the next thing. It's annoying when when your episode's over real quick, and if you're in the middle of commute, it's really tough to find something new. Um, But don't worry about being too long. Just worry about being too boring. 
right? Uh, as long as you, as you have good content. If you have 40 minutes of content or 45 minutes of content, do a 45-minute episode. Now, don't stretch it to 90 because you've got advertisers to, to, um, to, to work <laughs> with in there. Um, but, you know, respect your audience, but don't make your episode shorter because you think there's some, oh, some guru told you it needs to be 22 minutes is the ideal length. There is no ideal length. Good. Oh, well, that's, uh, that's, that's pleasing to hear because some of my episodes aren't always uh, as, quite as short as, as uh, you know, some people would, uh, would encourage me to do so. But uh, we, try, we try and get some uh, you know, pretty interesting bits and pieces in there. Now, last one, we've, we've talked about Alexa and CarPlay and uh, Android Auto. Um, other ways of sort of consuming content... Bluetooth headphones. Have you got any sort of favourites or or recommendations? Have you got um, AirPods in your pocket? I could see you going to grab uh, something out now. How do you avoid losing those? Because um, that that's that's my only challenge. So I pulled out my AirPods um, because I have jeans. They actually finally found a place for that little extra pocket. Oh, the little top pocket. pocket. Right. Yeah, it fits perfect. Apple. You know, it's not an accident. It fits in that pocket. Apple designed it for that pocket. I mean, so you give them credit. Um, and I love my AirPods. And, and here's the thing that people don't realize. Apple makes an update in iOS 12. A lot of, nobody's talking about this. <laughs> Your advertisers aren't going to probably want you. may edit this whole section out. Um, but in iOS 12, you can change it where when you tap on it, on one of the AirPods, it no longer just skips tracks. It skips forward 30 seconds or 45 or you set the length. So with a simple double tap on one of your AirPods, it will skip an ad, which handy. means if you want to have good ad consumption, you have to have good, interesting ads. Having ads in your content that's created by someone other than the host are going to be skipped really easily in iOS 12. iOS 12, the biggest change, I think is that one little addition. And when people start realizing that a simple double tap there or double tap on the, the controllers on, on even the wired home pods can skip them forward 30 seconds. There'll be a lot of ads that get skipped in podcasts. Yeah. And, uh, and there should be, some of them can be terrible. I was um, just checking out a new podcast uh, the other day and I can't quite remember um who it was with, but the the type of advertising, the way it was inserted right at the beginning, um, suggested to me it was a company called Acast, knowing a little bit about how they operate, and they just inserted, there was an ad just inserted right at the beginning. Now, I'm not sure if that was actually the case. That was my my guess based on what they've been doing in New Zealand, but it was a big turn-off. It was uh, you know completely irrelevant to the podcast. There was a you know advertisement from a you know a big multinational company that was just sort of slotted in before there was even any announcement around what the podcast was. It was it was bizarre. It was like you know listening to the radio, just some random irrelevant you know rubbish dropped into the uh, uh, podcast. If you've ever watched any YouTube videos where they have ads dropped in, like in the middle of some speaking you're starting to see that now with audio and it's really disconcerting when you're as a listener to be listening and have an ad in a different voice a different level of volume and right in mid-sentence drop in yeah mid-sentence make it make it even worse but i guess that this you know this is the challenge isn't it of uh media is trying to is trying to monetize uh, you know i look at the the varying forms of media across new zealand 
and uh, look, you know, most fields they're uh, they're, they're struggling. There's you know, lack of resources, and so you know, the idea of just easily having uh, ads automatically inserted is uh, is something that I'm sure we'll see more uh, uptake of. Uh, it's not not something that we've we've tried with any of our podcasts, but uh, you know, I can understand why people would go down go down that track. Well, hopefully podcasters will realize that they can't just have ads blindly inserted in especially when people can start doing that it's better if you're going to do ad insertion find a naturals break flag that spot for the break and have the ad be the host doing the ad read that's what's going to be successful host read ads um, because going forward after ios 12 it's be very easy for people to skip ads Oh, that's um, that's good. I, you know, I think we've got to keep making uh, making it easy to consume the content, right? Yeah, and, and app. You know, people give Apple a lot of grief, but Apple's done more to make podcasts consumable than anyone else. Uh, grief is much grief as people want to give Apple. It's still sixty three percent, and you know, the majority of podcasts are consumed through Apple Podcasts more so than anything else. You know, everything else combined. Uh, so. Apple does a good job there. Um, Overcast is a really good app. Pocketcast is a good app. Um, and, and those other two apps, they really focused on the end user, making it easy to consume the content they knew they wanted to consume. Now, um, before we finish up, another uh, topic that I uh, interests me a lot is is disruption and the way uh, you know technology brings disruption into into different markets. And uh, later on in the week, I'll be um, up in uh, Rochester visiting uh, some folks from uh, Kodak. Um, they're an example of a company heavily uh, heavily disrupted by new technology. Where do you think our uh, traditional radio industry is is going? How do you think, you know, as we see podcasts become uh, more and more broadly adopted, people getting used to this sort of Netflix-style model of, you know, what I want, when I want it, um, you know, how much, you know, impact do you expect to see on, on the traditional broadcast industry over the next few years ahead? Because, of course, a, a lot of them are moving into, into you know, podcast-type distribution themselves, right? Right. I mean, a lot of radio has moved into podcasting. Now, some of it does well, some of it doesn't. It just depends on the content. A lot of times radio thinks, well, podcasting is radio. And <laughs> and it's not. Um, it, it, you know, I still always look at podcasting as more analogous, analogous to um, the magazine industry than I do the radio industry. I mean, a lot of podcast content is very psychographic focus. It's on a specific topic. And radio tends to be more broad. And broad is fine, but broad usually means it's not f- focused on any one person. Where podcasting, people can find what's focused on their specific needs, and they can go out and find that content. So radio has to readapt a little bit if they really want to be play well in this space overall um sure they can repurpose content it's easy to do and they can make that and they can call it a podcast and they can take the guys that talk about the local sports team and then report put that out for people to listen to that weren't able to listen to it live but i've heard people from radio say to me and this is it was in a meeting i was in and the, and the guy goes why should we make the morning show available as a podcast he goes because if someone's listening to that in the afternoon they're not listening to our afternoon show and they didn't understand the fact that if someone's listening to podcasts in the afternoon, they're not listening to their afternoon show anyway. Exactly. So they make might con- as well get the listener, right? Get the listener, yeah. right? It, 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 yes. And 
so I think there has to be a, a mind shift still in radio. I don't think they, have, I know they don't fully embrace it. And, and, and you hear a lot of them talk about podcasts as a competition. We're not a competition. We're just a delivery mechanism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm um, doing a closing keynote at a conference in uh, in Auckland uh, when I land back in, in New Zealand. And it's called the Media Tech Pacific uh, Conference. And when I first spoke there, I think 2014, uh, so this will be the, the third time, but this is the first time uh, that I've been asked to talk about podcasting. Uh, so uh, nice. I think it, it's you know it's um, you know one of few places where uh, where there's there's been uh, you know really podcasting's been given the, the time of day as far as the uh, uh, traditional media industry is concerned. And it and it's good to see that it's good to hear that happening outside the U.S. Um, and I hope big media embraces podcasting more. Doesn't look at us as a competitor. Looks as you know wants to be part of the community, but whether or not they do, we're here. We're not going anywhere. Podcasting is you know it's going to be around for a long, long time. It's an open standard. There, that's the beauty of podcasting. Even though Apple has a lot of control, it's still an RSS 2.0 spec. It's an open standard, and that's what I love about it. It's a democratized media distribution system. Hmm. Well, there's lots more we could talk about, but uh, that's that's our time. So thank you very much, Rob Watch, for uh, for joining the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Paul, thank you so much for having me on the show. Now, how do people uh, track you down? You've got uh, email, you're, and you're on uh, social media as well? You can find me at Podcast411 on Twitter and Facebook. Um, and then you can also listen. We have a podcast for Libsyn called The Feed. So if you search The Feed, Libsyn, and any, any place you listen to podcasts, you'll be able to find our show. Excellent. That's great. Well, thanks, everybody, for uh, for listening in. Uh, this is Paul Spain signing out, and you can track me down, as usual, uh, across all the usual uh, social media platforms, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll catch you again next week. See ya. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.